0: Uh, So for this episode, I think it's just important for us to add a spoiler warning. Usually we don't, but I guess for this, and particularly for Tenet, by Christopher Nolan, we, yeah, just heads up. Full-on spoilers. Yeah, we don't hold back.
1: All I have for you is a word. Tenet. It'll open the right doors.
0: of the wrong ones too use it carefully hey welcome to cc talk talk a podcast where we see and talk about life and the stories through games both songs but mostly movies today with me i have Dalton again hello but before we start i just want to say that thank you again for bearing with our mediocre audio quality in the last few episodes, Uh, the reason why we had a slight pause in the last week is because I've been really putting quite a bit of effort to try to understand how to edit audio better, how to work out the hardware better, and we're going to get an audio interface and another mic in to make a sound as good as possible. So yeah, we're going to start. Today with the episode, we're going to talk about Tenet, but... Actually, primarily we want to talk about Nolan more than Tenant. <laughs> and uh, before we go into that, we're just going to cover a bit of news. And I think we have to just cover the DC news, the DC fandom, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah, it's called fandom. Uh, I didn't in, know that. Yeah, it's the whole convention online convention is called the DC fandom.
1: Sorry, I'm I'm in the dark for all these comic book movie conventions. So yeah, it's all news to me. So
0: the the trailer of The Batman came out, uh, Robert Pattinson. Wear a mask on your f- on your face not just the eyes Mou- mouth But m- <laughs> well, yeah, look, it looks pretty really good considering that it's made out of like what 20 percent of what the whole film is supposed to uh, film, right yeah right uh, i guess it wasn't really much of a trailer if you ask me personally sizzle so reel <laughs> more
1: more of so like that right?
0: yeah but i think it's, it looks good intriguing colin Farrell is unrecognizable behind those makeup which I agree with some people who said that you just might as well hire an actor who actually looks like that instead. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, why not, right? Why not? Method acting. Yeah. So and the Wonder Woman trailer came out. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, it it was okay. I mean I saw I'm not too big on Wonder Woman as a whole. I did like the first movie. Yeah. Even though I thought the final twenty minutes squandered the first half of the entire film. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, this one looks alright. I think it's gonna be another massive hit for Warner Brothers, of course. And you heard the news that it's gonna be as long as Batman. Almost as Su- long. Almost as long as Batman <laughs> versus Superman. To me, it's like just uh, typical superhero stuff. They wanna make it as epic as possible. But
0: yeah, again okay, we'll see. I I have a huge question. If you're a DC fan, someone please explain to me the power levels here because I'm really confused. How she, Wonder Woman, requires a full golden kick-ass armor to fight (laughs) Cheetah. Because if I'm not mistaken, through the games I've played and a few DC comics I've read, Cheetah isn't the most powerful of bad guys lah. She has a huge beef with Wonder Woman for some alpha predator thing, but I don't remember her being so powerful that Wonder Woman requires... A full bodysuit of armor. I, I don't think she's the real villain. I'm calling it now, but we'll see. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, that's just one small thing. And I guess we have to talk about the Snyder car. Oh. <laughs> it's uh, going to be four hours long, split into four episodes, right? Yes. And exclusively on HBO Max. Yes. Delton here called this about a year ago in a conversation that we had. <laughs> he said that he told me to watch out. The Snyder Cut will be kept and will be released for HBO Max's grand launch.
1: Yeah, it's a part of a whole marketing thing because the whole streaming wars. We got Amazon, yeah. we got Netflix, which are the kingpins at this point, and now Disney Plus. Yeah. Soon to arrive uh, at our shores, now HBO Max. <laughs> so of course Warner Brothers needs some big new event to basically make this thing solid. So there you go, the Spider
0: Cut. What better way? I mean. <laughs> Everyone has been asking for it, I guess, and this is a very smart move, like, If you think about marketing, of course, marketing. course. and I all,
1: and yeah, I more props to uh, Warner Brothers to actually release Zack Snyder's complete original vision. I mean, they what, owe say,
0: him, man.
1: I know, say, <laughs> what, say what you will about his the movies he made, like Batman vs Superman, and of course, well, what's Man of uh, Man of Steel was alright yeah. But yeah Batman vs Superman especially um, I'm not gonna say The theatrical kind of Justice League Because As uh, new news came out It wasn't really His film per se But yeah, yeah uh, I any Every filmmaker Needs to have their
0: vision Fully yeah. uh, seen and So I really think That Warner Brothers Owe it to him So what they did to him Was not fun at all I
1: Completely agree Yeah what they did to him Was pretty like they, they, they threw him under a bus After he left Due to a family tragedy So yep. yeah you know I'm not too excited to see it, to be honest, but I'm curious. Yeah. I'm genuinely
0: curious to yeah. see how it will go. I, I really hope for Snyder's sake, actually, that it will turn out well. Uh, I, yeah. If it doesn't turn out well, oh my god, all that for, <laughs> like, what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Darkseid looks okay, I guess. I don't know, but that could be, like, a pre-final render mm. form. So, well, we'll see. To we'll see, it definitely looks like a Snyder movie. Well, well, if that doesn't work out, he'll still have Netflix and his zombie trilogy to work out on. <laughs> no comment on that. So okay, we're done with the news, and now we're going to start with our main part of this episode, and I'm going. To, I'm really looking forward to it because I mean, with every Christopher Nolan movie, there's just bound to be a lot of things to talk about, right. and we both watched Tenet release our lives because we just had to go watch the grandmasters movie <laughs> and I'm just going to it out there that I came out a bit disappointed there's just, just no way to hide it but because it's Nolan I expected a certain level of filmmaking and I didn't get it with Janet So that's like me throwing it out there at the very beginning. (laughs) You're going to break it down of course. Ouch. (laughs) What do you think? You watch it yourself.
1: I actually
0: enjoyed the movie. I came came in with
1: zero expectations because I know Nolan... I'm not as big a Nolan fan as a lot of other people here, but I respect his craft. Sometimes he can be brilliant and sometimes he can be infuriating. In this movie especially, he comes out both at his best and at his worst. Now, what I like about that is that it has this big blockbustery cinematic feel. Obviously, this was the movie that was touted as you know the one to save cinema in all these troubled times. But to me, it's like this is like a fun popcorn summer blockbuster. Definitely, genuinely entertaining big screen experience to be sure. I was entertained. I at times I was admiring Christopher Nolan's craft. However, I felt that the story. Could have been written a little bit better. I felt that a, you bit. Know, <laughs> a, a lot better. <laughs> I, mean, that, I, mean, that, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I can see a lot of people not liking this movie for the reasons that you're about to divulge <laughs> into. But for me, I I, I was entertained. I found it entertaining in, in that little, ironically, brainless sort of way, but not too brainless. Yeah. Like the story is brainless, but the technique isn't, if yes. that makes sense. But uh, So, on that level, I enjoyed it. I mean,
0: uh, one thing I have to say, a disclaimer here is that the only reason why I'm so harsh, or I'm going to criticise it so much is because I really like his movies. I'm a big fan of his work, especially because of The Prestige, which actually made me started watching a lot more movies. So, mm. I'm sorry, this criticism comes from a place of love, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sorry, but that's the standards that he's, he has set himself with the films that he's made. La. Yeah, And like what Dalton said, technically, Tenet was amazing, la, I have to Yeah. Say. Stupendous. Uh, Non-CGI shots of planes crashing into buildings and all that like a fist fight that moves backward and forwards at the same time Mm -hmm. is pretty cool the behind the scenes would be really nice to watch oh yeah
1: i'd love to see the making of this movie (laughs) just to see how some of the shots were achieved some of the shots are actually genuine genuinely incredible to see especially the part where the building blows up yeah the building reveals itself and then blows up again <laughs> so I'm like how the hell did they achieve that shot I need to see it you know And it's, because I saw it in IMAX I'm like wow that's actually quite a clever trick Nolan pulled off
0: <laughs> so yeah so technically that movie is, is good there's no doubt like, I think it's uh, a
1: technical marvel but of course a lot of people would uh, disagree with the sound mix which you'll get into later yeah so
0: since he brought that up I'm gonna My very big uh, beef with the movie is that the sound mix is horrible. Uh, Everyone sounds like Bane in Dark Knight Rises and that's a bad thing, with or without the mask. Okay, it's really bad. I'm not saying that the soundtrack is bad, I'm saying the sound mix is bad. Right, the right. soundtrack is fine. I'm actually, I'm pretty interested in it, and then it plays backwards and forward also. Oh, oh Goranson, his
1: Goranson's work
0: is great. I think he could make a, he could be like the new Hans Zimmer. But anyways, you were saying. Yeah, so the sound mix is bad. Problem here is that it plays when the characters are talking, and you know if you watch a Nolan film, the soundtrack is booming and it's right. it's just uh, overwhelming. I'm actually fine with that. I love it. Like in I love it. But the problem here is that he doesn't use it during only the action sequences. He uses it when they're talking about the concept and ideas of time travel and all that. And it doesn't help that the, the actors are mostly wearing masks or they're mumbling and talking really fast. And half the time, I couldn't catch what they were saying. Uh, and I'm not the only one who has been complaining I've been checking out like other reviewers and all And it's quite a, a known issue with Tenet la. I really have a big problem with this not, not just with Tenet I think all of Nolan's
1: films ever since Dark Knight Rises yeah. Have the, have that issue of sounding too loud Than they sh- actually should Interstellar, I know you, you love Interstellar yeah. But one of the my main issues with Interstellar Was actually the sound, to be honest Because mm. you know Hans Zimmer and his... Uh, tendency to have big create big loud bombastic music in Interstellar that extended organ key yep. nearly deafened me because I saw it in the Navy Pier IMAX theater in Chicago. So yeah. that's like the best sound system imaginable.
0: Nearly deafened me. Yeah. Like, oh, good lord, that's loud. You know. It, the the voices intended, right? Were cracking the IMAX speakers. Why? Why <laughs> even? I don't understand. Really? Not kidding, man. I can hear the speakers crackling. Oh my goodness. Those scenes where they're wearing a mask, that like gas mask, and they're talking through it. Mm. So I think. He did what he did with Bane, where to compensate the muffled voices, he increased the volume of the voices in the mask. And because of that, and it's competing with the, the overwhelming soundtrack. Everything adds up. It's just a horrible sound mix experience, man. I don't get it. I, I can't accept that, oh, if they're going to say that because they're talking through a mask or talking through a, a speaker or a walkie-talkie and that's muffling the voice. And if that's their excuse, I can't accept it. <laughs> because other movies have done it, you know. Uh, like, they're in a helicopter and then they're talking through that helmet. The hip, headpiece, yeah. yeah. And it sounds perfectly clear even though you have the helicopter do, 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 I mean to it makes sense because they're wearing a headpiece and then you can hear them clearly But this one... Same thing, yeah. they, I'm, they're communicating through mask, which means that they have a receiver in their mask That's uh, how do you communicate
1: see. I, I did not have a similar issue with yours at my screening For, To me, it sound, it, yes it did sound loud and sometimes a bit overbearing at times But I did not have that issue where you mentioned like the voices were too muffled or it's the voices muffled, were crackling yeah. I, I don't know whether it's due to the sound mix being incompatible with certain theater halls no idea or whether something somebody somewhere screwed up so I don't know <laughs> it really took
0: away from the movie for me like the last uh, monologue by the bad, the bad guy Sator oh Kenneth Branagh uh, yeah. Sator whatever mm, the just,
1: just call him Gilderoy Lockhart
0: <laughs> sure So yeah When he was giving his Big villain speech About his grand plan And his yeah. philosophy About being god And all that I only heard like Half of it And half the time I'm like Why are you talking I mean, <laughs> the music is rising Because it's the climax Of the movie And I'm like No What are you talking And then it's so fast And the next thing I know It's all over And I'm like Man well, like, That is strange yeah. I don't know I In my
1: screening The audio was very clear no, So I, I don't know Some, some I don't know I don't know whether
0: people got different decibels or Maybe something. Maybe the projectionist is a big fan of Nolan and Hans Zimmer, and then it's like, Oh, Nolan done it after <laughs> <laughs> 11. I la. certainly hope that is not the case, because uh, it's a shame if that wouldn't happen. Yeah, that, that took away quite a lot uh, of the enjoyment of the movie, because I was struggling to keep up with the the monologues and the explanation of hmm. the theories, you know? and with the sound <laughs> just booming behind all the dialogue, it's really hard to enjoy. La. But okay, enough of the sound mix. (laughs) Now onto the story. Yeah, onto the story and characters. Okay, so we've done technically, it's great. I think we don't have to compliment it enough because everyone knows how good he can be with that. Mm -hmm. But I guess we start with the characters. After the movie, I remember I went back home talking to my wife about the movie, talking to my friend about the movie. And then we were like, "Hey, it's Neil. Neil is who Robert Pattinson plays. Mm -hmm. So we're like, yeah, Neil. And then... The main guy, uh, the black guy. I'm sorry I have to say that. But, <laughs> yeah. so just, just call him Denzel Jr. Yeah, and then <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's the guy's name? Huh? And then we actually had to Google and I'm like, shit me, he, he doesn't, doesn't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> he's called the protagonist. He literally
1: calls himself the protagonist and oh. that's what he's credited as.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Okay, if that's a purpose to it, right? if he is like a vessel or something and it's explain in a movie why like maybe James Bond let's say if he doesn't has no name he's just called 007 yeah and that's because he is a spy and he has, shouldn't co- have an identity code name yeah makes mm. sense mm. so if the protagonist in whatever reason that Nolan can give us has no name sure why not <laughs> but there's no reason. Just Literally, the protagonist. <laughs> Even though if his first name is Potter and his family name is Goodness, I'm fine with that. Whatever. Uh, but I no. Get you. Uh, I yeah okay. So that's just a a small issue, small part of a big issue in this. I I think character. that was the probably the beginning.
1: Of seeing Nolan being a bit too obnoxious with his writing, I'm sorry to say yeah. la, but you know he's never really had a like most of the characters that he's written outside of the Dark Knight trilogy and Inception have never really felt deep. I know a lot of people would argue yeah. Interstellar would ha- has a lot of character, but I actually did not like Interstellar because of the final 30 minutes. I thought it was very saccharine, like he didn't really follow through with the character development as in a in a way I thought the potential of the previous two hours set up but intended it felt quite hollow the way the characters were written yeah. it you you did not really connect with them i think the closest character that we actually felt like sorry for was uh, elizabeth davicki cat yeah she yeah. played cat that was the closest thing we actually felt to actual humanity yeah. <laughs> in the whole film you know because like you say, John David Washington's character, literally the yeah. protagonist, he's just a
0: placeholder for the audience. He doesn't, there's no reason to relate to him or yeah. like him or hate him. He just, just happens <laughs> and things happen around him and with him. Oh my god, like, I remember talking to Dalton earlier before we did this, uh, I couldn't brain and understand why he cares about cat so much. I, Why does he care about cat and his, her son so much? <laughs> I... He could have. They could have just do a small flashback or snippet at the beginning right. where he lost his own son or he lost his nephew. Or he if, saved someone. Yeah. Or yeah. he saved someone. Or maybe he talks to Neil and he says that I wish I could make a difference to someone instead of the whole world. You know, something like that. I don't know. There's so many ways you can explain why he cares about cats so much. This is this is where
1: I come in and stress the importance of having cliches because the way I see it Nolan is trying to write uh, the action hero character but he's trying to avoid the cliches that come with the characters like oh I have a dark and tragic past oh I I'm, I'm compelled to help out this wife and kid he just scrubs that all away yeah. and like, oh, I'm just
0: helping her out here. You know, so it's like, Keep what? If your movie has no <laughs> time for character development and you rely on cliché, I think it's fine because right. you just need to show something for people to hook on to. And then, okay, let's do with it. I don't mind clichés, just do them well. Yeah. That's it. Correct. You know? Man, it's bad. And I think the best character emotionally <laughs> would be uh, Elizabeth Bicky's character, cat. Yeah. But... <laughs> I have a huge issue with how she's introduced to the movie. That, that whole populated plot about her. She bought a pirated painting and then that's used against her to hold her ransom against her son. Oh my god. And then, and then Washington, the main character, the protagonist, has to go and find that painting just to meet up with her, just to meet up with him. I mean, that is easily 10 minutes of the movie which could be used to elaborate more on the plot and the characters. So... Oh my gosh, I, I don't know yeah, about the characters, man. It was a little
1: bit drawn out, I have to say, for that segment. Yeah. I, I didn't really dislike it as much as you did, but I felt like yeah, this could have been trimmed off by a few minutes. Uh,
0: I, I'm sorry, but again, another disclaimer is because I, I'm a writer and I'm actually struggling to write my own novel. So when I see big budget million-dollar movies being written this way and me over here struggling <laughs> to write at this a plot that makes sense, right, I, I find it really hard to accept because there are so many writers out there who are struggling to get a job and I'm pretty sure they can do a better job than what Tannen did with the characters. And it's just so sad to see. I feel like Jonathan Nolan, right? Yeah. yeah. That's Christopher Nolan's brother, who he used to work with up to Inception or Interstellar? Up to, I think Interstellar. Yeah. Is it it? only anyway, mistaken. Anyway, <laughs> at one point, the brother stopped working with Nolan uh, on good reasons. And since then, his character started to feel very hollow, like what you yeah. said, and I cannot with Tanner. I cannot with the characters. There's no development. There's no reason to like them or hate them. You can't relate to them in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, the stakes at the end didn't didn't hit me as much. Uh, like else in his previous movies, uh, even in Interstellar, which is really a space epic, mm-hmm. or Inception, which is an epic. Uh, the characters have. You have something to latch on, like, at least, like Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Yeah, in... that, you, you can actually understand the stakes that Leo, Leo mm. DiCaprio's character was facing in Inception. Yeah. The, right. the fight scene or the fight sequence or whatever you want to call the finale wasn't that huge in terms of skill or I mean, like 200 soldiers fighting each other, <laughs> it was yeah, just right. like five people. But because of the stakes at risk, you felt like it's such a big thing. Yeah. And this is where I'll leave. Uh, I'll segue back into Tenet again. <laughs> no, I should say I invert back into Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tenet's last fight scene. Or whatever we got the battle sequence in that Russian <laughs> stock twelve or whatever Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! That uh, Siberian town, Gulag town. <laughs> yeah, it's like the total opposite of what I love in inception. Instead of giving big stakes, that. Increases such a personal and intimate scene, he gives us a huge scene with minimal <laughs> stakes and it feels so hollow.
1: <laughs> oh man. I mean, I know you have issues with the staging for some of these battle sequences. I actually like. Kind of agree with you that he may need to work on how he stages epic battle sequences. The same thing happened to a lesser extent in the Dark Knight Rises and uh, the Town Hall hall scene and Dunkirk. But this one is more prevalent even though some scenes more than make up for the flaws. uh. that,
0: That final battle... It felt so jumble and pieced together. It's like they had a bunch of cool ideas, and mm-hmm. they're like, uh, yeah, let's just do this so that we can show these cool ideas. Let's and just do. throw them all in yeah. without any setup whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, they fly there. Suddenly, it's a huge battle, sure. Time pincer, and then they're attacking from no. oh, temporal pincer yeah. movement. <laughs> cool idea, sure, <laughs> why not. But then when the battle uh, plays out, right, there's just a bunch of people running... Aimlessly, like you have no sense of geography, which is a bad thing already, Mm -hmm. and they're shooting air. You don't see the bad guys dying. You see them shooting. They're like hiding behind obstacles and they're shooting and you don't see people dying. One, see. one or two you see them dying. One of you will get blown up by rocket launch. Oh man, it's so bad. If you ever like watch uh, analysis video like Dutton has made many watch so many on action movies, right? One of the main complaints for a lot of bad action movies is that the main characters are shooting air. Yeah. <laughs> it's even worse than shooting red shirts. Okay, when I say red shirts, what I mean is like... um. Like, Kamin Korban in Malaysia, that's what you call it. So, like, if you watch John Wick, right, he kills tons of generic-looking people in suits. Right, but you see the body count. Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, even like Lord of the Rings, right, you use orcs as, like, oh, the hero needs to kill ten people before he reaches his goal. So we just throw in these ten random orcs, and sure, why not? And you show them dying, you know? (laughs) But in Tenet, no, you don't even get that. You get... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you get explosions, <laughs> and it's bad. You you have no sense
1: of progress in the battle. The action geography needs a bit of work. Yeah. Some sometimes it's brilliant. I'm not going yes. to lie. Sometimes it's brilliant. The, du- yes. the double exploding building that was brilliant. Yeah. But sometimes you just want to scratch your head and say, why was this? Why was this shot?
0: You know. I mean, it looks great, but the editing and the choreography yeah. needs a lot of work. Yeah, and like what you said, Dunkirk, did reminded yeah. me that in Dunkirk, right, the best moments in Dunkirk were the most intimate scenes where it's like just five of them inside that boat and they're just mm-hmm. struggling in there or there are two people on, on the waters choking each other. that was the greatest moments of yeah. Dunkirk. Not the big scenes where there's 100 people on screen. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. on paper, in production, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. 200 extras on set as all of them run in multiple directions. <laughs> Sorry. In, inverted directions. It just, and, oh, <laughs> this didn't where, look good. <laughs> where Dunkirk worked
1: and Tenet failed, Dunkirk uh, was actually less of a narrative film and mm. more experimental, definitely yeah. less characters, less dialogue, yeah. because, again, you know, it felt cold and detached, yeah. but in a way, it actually adds to the realism of the yeah. film. Like, I, I understand a lot of people will feel like, how come there's no backstory for this character? I'm like, you're getting bombarded. It's fine, yeah. You're, yeah, it's fine. You're getting right. bombarded by the the, the enemy. Yeah. There's no time to think and get familiar with the, your yes. fellow man. Just run, get the hell out yeah. of there. That's the whole mood of Dunkirk. Tenet is basically Nolan trying to dump all this exposition on you, and this is his biggest weakness. He likes to put all this expositionary dialogue onto characters, and then just leaves it there <laughs> without much explanation. It's done well okay yeah if it's no done well like it. Inception and the Dark Knight trilogy then yes. yes you know by all means it's great and the prestige when like yeah. you it. but like you can see sometimes Interstellar and now Tenet like he's Worse. getting a bit obnoxious <laughs> with it yeah. sad to say like, I, I hate to say it because I admire Nolan's
0: craft but you know Ugh, you know <laughs> so like, like <laughs> continuing from that right the, the scenes where they are explaining all that time mumbo jumbo, time inversion, uh, like the first scene where he's introduced to a time inverted bullet, right? I have a huge issue here where the scientist is explaining to him really technical terms about laws of physics and all that, and then the protagonist is just like, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's not how it works, especially if the, the character you're speaking to is not well-versed in what you're talking about. Naturally, in real life, if you talk about something complicated, it's only natural for the receiver to rephrase what you said, even though if it's in layman terms or whatever, to, to show that, okay, is this what you're saying? Okay, now I get what you're saying. And it will help the audience understand all that right people, no mambo jumbo but no, <laughs> no there was no time given to absorb any of it cliche because you have a
1: character yeah. in any movie saying uh, can you speak oh. in English you know or
0: can you repeat that to me in English it's like then, Pacific Rim yeah Charlie <laughs> the Charlie Hanum's character well, he's just, he just did that the whole movie <laughs> so, I get it but you need, if your show is so complicated, you need a way to dial it down a bit for the audience. Lah. At least a bit. I think Nolan like, overcompensates his audience sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and this is where, for me, where I said earlier that because Nolan himself carries a certain standard, right? Right. And so because of that, I can't help but analyze his movie, scrutinize it, and break it down as much as I want to because it's Nolan and he accepts it. He even welcomes it. He wants the audience to think and work as you watch his movie, right? Right, yeah. So this is where I have a problem with Tenet as a time travel movie. Time loop or time travel, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) There's just two ways to go about a time travel movie, right? You either go really... Detailed. You know, you break down all your rules that your characters and your world is working in about time travel and you follow it to the T because time travel is a complicated thing to execute. Mm-hmm. Or you can do what Back to the Future did do and don't give a shit about the rules of time travel. Just have fun with it. You know, don't take it too seriously. Uh, you can play a bit of the uh, time loop and how you meet your past and all that. But, you know, don't delve into the details and the science right. behind it. But in Tenet, they did it multiple times with uh, laws of physics explained <laughs> and all the entropy nonsense. So if, the, if Nolan wanted to do that, he has to make sure that he has it down solidly. Like. And especially at the end when uh, Neil did that multiple time travel thing, mm-hmm. and a lot of things is largely unexplained. Mm. And it doesn't help that the laws of his version of time travels are not clear and it just leaves a very unsatisfying uh, taste in my tongue at the end of the movie. I didn't... Because mm. it's Nolan. I love his concepts. I love how he adds his own flavor to like uh, memories in Inception, mm. or like magic tricks in The Prestige, or even Memento, which is basically time and memory at the same time. Mm. So in that. It was just a normal time travel movie. (laughs) And that got me a bit disappointed with it. I think for me, this is where our views differ slightly on the
1: movie. I felt that although the concept could have been explored a uh, a little bit better, like you said, more fleshed out. Mm. I still think Nolan actually created his own sort of internal logic within the movie. Like he created this frame, like the framework and the rules that he set up and I know like there could have been a lot more done with it but at the same time I didn't feel that he violated those rules like I didn't feel like oh this character did something that's illogical and against contradicts what uh, yeah he didn't do yeah, that didn't so do that. yeah I felt like there was some sort of weird internal logic going on with the film I, it, it actually compelled me to watch photos like oh okay that's kind of smart some moments were like that could have been explained better there were other moments which, like, oh wow, that is actually very clever. You know, not in a term of concept, but in terms of Nolan's storytelling skill. Yeah. So, I I would compare him to like Alfred Hitchcock in a way that how he manipulates the audience mm-hmm. into believing what you're seeing is actually happening. Like trying to evoke like a, a sense of awe, mm-hmm. and for the most part intended. That's where he succeeded, and I didn't think of it as much of a time travel movie. I thought of it as basically. Uh, the James Bond movie that Nolan never got to make because, as you know, uh, Nolan's a, and uh, Nolan has never hit his love for the James Bond franchise. Mm. And going back to that final battle of uh, internet, in he was actually trying to recreate the final battle of the epic Bond films, uh, You Only Live Twice, mm. Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Ironically, all three from the same director, Louis Gilbert. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to create this sense of epic skill and oh, oh, raid the final villain's land, you know, to save the world. So the whole thing is basically James Bond with the final world. You mentioned it, like
0: Inception's final raid the, in the mountains, yeah. right? Actually, yeah, it's like a Bond film. It, it, it's scene. taken off
1: from On Her Majesty's Secret yeah. Service. It really is uh, like a love letter to his uh, to James Bond, or at least his audition letter to James Bond. He might have a script written somewhere in case the Bond producers call him up. I don't know.
0: But, that's the problem here because of the marketing Whether it's Nolan's choice or the A bot, of Brothers again mm. You see la. <laughs> I don't know whose decision was it but the trailers Okay I didn't watch any of the trailers Only the first one that was ever announced mm-hmm. And throughout the marketing all The posters and all, the, the idea of Time travel or time inversion Is pushed quite heavily mm-hmm. Right? And because of that I feel that I was actually, my expectations were mislapped in a lot of ways. Because if I saw it from your, like what you said, view it as a spy trailer which has time travel in it, I, would, I think my reaction to it would be actually much better than a time travel movie based in a spy right, movie. Right. Because I expected so much time play, and it's Nolan, la. I mean, right, right. sorry, but like <laughs> his name comes with certain baggages for better or for worse. Mm. And I really expected a huge time thing. <laughs> and then in the first scene where time travel or time inversion is introduced, it's a time reverted bullet. And personally, when I saw that, I'm like, that's freaking cool, catching an object moving backwards in time. It's amazing. I was like in the hall, I was like, oh, this is something I can latch on to and really see going far. Mm -hmm. So throughout the whole show, I expected like a time-inverted gunfight. Like I was telling you earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, like the the bad guy is hiding behind a box and he can't hit the bad guy. But because he shot a bullet uh, behind the box in the future or in the past and then he time-inverts the bullet to hit the guy behind the box, Something like that, something cool, you know. He jumps off a bridge and then he time inverts himself back onto the bridge. Like the manipulation of time. And I really expected to see that. But no, I didn't get any of it. And that left me like a bit disappointed that none of the concepts were pushed. And I feel that if he didn't even introduce the idea of time inversion, just take that outright of the movie, just go as a spy time travel movie, I think it would be much better because I wouldn't have, like, give me more time inversion. I was just like, okay, cool, time travel, let's go with it. Right. So, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it wasn't just James Bond,
1: by the way, that he was channeling. You know? I, I have a strong suspicion that Nolan is actually recreating versions of his favorite 90s movies, like Interstellar. Why not? It was, it was his version of Contact, and now with Tenet, it's basically his version of Time No. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, Time Cop. Actually... Time is a better movie? Uh, no is very cheesy it's very entertaining but it's very cheesy but uh, the concepts in, in Tenet is m- much better than Tycrop and the action is definitely better executed but th- yeah this definitely feels like a James Bond movie with time travel I took it on that level for on that I really enjoyed
0: it well, one last thing I just have to say <laughs> if, if I'm going to see Tenet as an action movie la, right? even that I'm disappointed like the, the first trailer sure I mean even if you avoid all trailers it's almost impossible not to see the car flipping in reverse in yeah south marketing material so when i saw that i'm like yeah give me like the matrix highway scene (laughs) in reverse and that would be killer Then when you watch the movie it was just that one one (laughs) car that flipped backwards and this is where marketing comes into play Mm. if the trailers did not show that it might have been cool but because the trailers showed you that you will feel like oh that's a teaser to a bigger scene that's going to come up. but no that was just it in the scene.
1: It was the it was the climax. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of trailers do that, especially ah. nowadays in Hollywood. You sell the big moments. This is why I completely yeah. even that first trailer, like I completely shut off all like windows to see that trailer in uh, any chance I get. I have only I've only seen the first trailer and I just blocked myself off from every single thing as well. Disappointing, right? Because yeah.
0: the teaser the first teaser trailer for Interstellar was great. Didn't show anything about the movie. Mm-hmm. Inception was great as because show even the show Big Moments you still had no idea what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. Dunker also was great because it just showed you how despairing the film would be, but it didn't show yeah. any of the big moments. Yeah, it just showed the soldiers looking up and then just ducking and it. you know, that's cool. So that's know? why I thought that then would be fine to watch <laughs> the first <laughs> Disney trailer, but no, F me, this. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I think
1: like Nolan is probably aware that he himself has become a brand. Like a lot of like you said, a lot of like baggage or yeah. expectations have been set up just by his name alone. Yeah. So a lot of film fans, like fans of Nolan have will, will put Tenet up to a pedestal or at least certain point that when it does come out, where well, wow okay now it's already out. But yeah. once it once it's released and now we're getting this lukewarm reception. Uh, I'm not really surprised because the marketing I, I recently rewatched the mm-hmm. trailers again. Yeah. They really dropped the ball yeah. on the I went, yeah,
0: I did, I did the same thing mm-hmm. in, yes, the job yeah. That's why we did another podcast uh, with our friend Jeffrey, And in that podcast, we talk about things that we wish we did or didn't know about a movie before we watched it. And one of the things that we talk about here is actually about Nolan's name appearing in the movie's marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that podcast will be released after this. Uh, it was a bit slow because we had a lot of audio issues with that <laughs> podcast. La. So anyway, so there's something that we talk about in that podcast is actually that in the next Nolan movie, it would be really interesting if his name didn't appear in the marketing. Like, enough of that, like, like you said, maybe Nolan himself acknowledges that he is a brand already, right? So, maybe, for the sake of the audience and himself, don't put that by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. You know, maybe just release the trailer, you can say it's Warner Brothers, you can even say maybe it's by Christopher, because there's so many Christophers out there. <laughs> I mean, whatever it is. Sometimes some movies don't even say it's by who, right? Yeah. Some movies, they don't. So, just... Play the trailer, and then let it play, do the marketing, whatever, and then maybe just before the movie starts when it's released, right, you come up with the word, by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Imagine the impact you will get, oh man, right? would uh, be insane. But yeah, again, going to your
1: point, like, to have a director remove his name from marketing, especially like a well-known director. Yeah. Uh, the only type that's ever happened is uh, M. Night Shyamalan. And we all know what happened to his career after The Village especially, just yeah. nose nosedive. And the last Airbender was like nearly in the coffin. And then when After Earth came out, like, oh, Jaden Smith and Will Smith. Okay, not bad. Who's the director? No, none of the posters show it. Like, only the trailers, uh, yeah. you, you get to see just very small yeah. clips at the very end when all the credits come out. Was, like, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Like, oh no, you know, <laughs> already because his name is really yes. carrying, yes. it's not just baggage, he's carrying a stigma. Yeah. So you, you see why he opted not to include his name in marketing, the movie ended up being terrible anyways. <laughs> so like, yeah. That you but have, Nolan, has Nolan has a good statement. Nolan has a good statement, but I fear that if he continues down this path, he might end up the way Shyamalan did. Yeah. And that's the, that's the one thing I really, really do not want to see because Nolan is an exceptional filmmaker. It's, I just wish that he dialed it down on uh, like his own concepts from time to time and just just deliver something straightforward. I wanna see him do something like insomnia you know? You know? Or even bond. Let, let, let him do the next bond with the new actor once Daniel Craig
0: leaves. Yeah. Right now we're gonna talk about, we I really want to not just talk about Tenet, but talk mm. about Nolan's future. Yeah. yeah in many ways and like what you said if he continues on like this, he's going to end like Shyamalan himself. He was Shyamalan. I'm sorry, Shyamalan, but...
1: So, I know Shyamalan's on the way up already, yeah, so yeah. We love
0: Glass, just putting it out there. <laughs> it's just that, you know, like everyone knows that he had that downtime. We're, like. We're okay. one of the few people who
1: actually love Glass genuinely. We yeah, so really
0: yeah. love it. I I hear at the end of Glass, I really like that show. So, okay, okay, back to Nolan. Like, what, what do you want to see from Nolan moving forward? For me, personally, I really hope he does it down. Enough of this big, epic, uh, crazy, <laughs> o- operatic things. I mean,
1: and then, I mean, he can do it, but just take a break from it. You yeah. know. Give time to
0: recharge. Yeah. I feel like he really should go back to his roots, where mm. the stories no. are very personal, mm. you know, like the prestige. Memento. Yeah. But, of course, keep his time, memory thing, yeah. keep his plot twist, but you know you don't have to go big to be bigger. Mm. You can go small and you know, then keep it really personal mm-hmm. and heartfelt and it could be as big as any of these operatic things.
1: I think, going back to Tenet a bit, like, Tenet was, in a way, a combination, a combination of ...all of the movies Nolan has made in the past. Like you see Memento... The, the baby, worst parts of it lah. <laughs> both, both the best, the best parts of it... ...stripped off all the heart. <laughs> then, yeah. But
0: yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I
1: know, I know. Yeah. Like you say, you know, the Memento going backwards and forwards at the yeah. same time. Literally, we're seeing characters yeah. going backwards and forwards at the same time. And then, of course, the big scale action from the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Concept of time, interstellar yeah. and inception. Yeah. A dream within a dream and all that. And then, of course, the spy genre, inception, yeah. in a way... So it's basically a combination of everything Nolan all in one It's just like you said, without the much of the heart, without much of the soul The spectacle is there, yes. don't get me wrong, the spectacle yes. is still spectacle there The fair. score is great, like Ludwig Göransson again, very bombastic soundtrack But it, honestly, I feel like this is one of Nolan's, sorry to say, like, lesser efforts yeah. But... Again, a lesser Nolan effort is still miles better than a lot
0: of Hollywood fans coming out today. That is undeniable. I will even go as far to say that if this movie was not the first post COVID movie, well, Mm -hmm. not post COVID, post (laughs) post lockdown, (laughs) (laughs) the post full lockdown movie, Mm. it would have easily been Nolan's most forgettable movie for me. Mm. Uh, Like, I think within a week, People will just stop talking about it and that's done. If if you're in different times, la, you know? yeah. and I really think that's the case and, for and
1: sure. now people are hoping this movie would save cinema. Would I think do I think it would save save cinema? Hmm, maybe. maybe the reception is just I mean, by Nolan's name alone, la, I yeah. think. Just by Nolan's <laughs> yeah. name alone and the fact that box office receipts in Asia and Europe are doing consider- considerably well. I think, yeah, you know. It could save cinema Just I hope that it would be A much better
0: movie To do it You know This wowed me But I didn't wow me You know And I mean with Nolan There will be always A small conversation About watching the movie Twice Or three times To Mm. understand it The problem with Tenet Is that I found that if I want to watch it again, it's not because it's so complex like Inception or Mm. Memento, but it's very jumbled and complicated. (laughs) I couldn't catch things and that's why I want to rewatch it so that I can understand it, but to catch the things that I missed because I just couldn't hear what the characters were speaking. (laughs) In terms of concept and ideas, it's pretty linear and actually Mm. to Nolan's uh, credit, he actually did make time travel quite understandable in a very streamlined way actually. So it's just a concept, there's nothing much to rewatch, to understand actually. It's basically a more linear and easier
1: version of Primer and of course a lot more explosions. If you haven't seen Primer, go see Primer, it's definitely fuck your brain up no <laughs> You know, i but, okay to but uh, yeah. On the note of Tenet, on going back to what you said, on not finding it as linear as it should, I okay. This I mean, the minority here, but I actually got everything from the first go. <laughs> so <laughs> I so I like understood what was going on. Maybe again the audio mix on your end might be a little bit screwed up, but I like I, it was very clear to me what was going on, which. A lot, of people, a lot of my friends ask me, what's wrong with you? How did you understand it from the first group? I said, just, I just found it very linear.
0: But when they say they don't understand it, right, they did not understand the concept or they did not understand what was happening? Both. Oh. <laughs> Some of we did not understand the concept. Because for me, I did not understand what was happening, not the concept. The concept is perfectly fine. Um, no, I knew what was going
1: on. I, I, just, I, I knew exactly what was going on and who was doing it and why. I just felt like there was a little bit more reasoning put behind it, you know? Like you said, a lot of heart and soul to it. Missing. The heart mm. missing. The characters lack like, character. Like, it's a technical Marvel, but heart and soul-wise pretty shallow. Mm. Sorry to say, it could hurt. Emotionally, it's about as generic as all the... Not all, la. I didn't give it all the Marvel blockbusters. <laughs> some, yeah, no, some Marvel have a lot of I, I, I Like I, the, I said, not all the Marvels. Easy lah. That too bad, la. that's too low already. <laughs> oh, that's, that's too low. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess this though. <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: not counting the Dark Knight trilogy
0: la, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, uh mm-hmm. what else do you want to see from te- uh, Nolan or or hope
1: I, I want him to tackle a different genre. I mean, yeah, keep the type like you say keep the time travel thing. Yeah. But I want to see him try a different genre that's out of his element like but make it twist. Horror.
0: I like, mean, he could work in uh, horror, but horror,
1: horror Okay, let's say I wanted
0: to say romance comedy but then Romantic comedy? I don't really feel it, la. I think that's just too too out there for him. It's but too, maybe
1: two scientists expositionary expositioning against one another about time and then they fall in love. Then you probably get interstellar at <laughs> in the, yeah. in the end. But it's just funnier. Yeah. Uh with comedy lines. Comedy. <laughs> Like, Nolan Nolan gets humor. He he. Some of his humor can be yeah, very yeah. dry, but he gets it, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I would like to see him do, like, comedy lah. Like, horror. Not, not rom-com lah, but comedy. Horror, I mean, he because does Because he thriller. can do thriller, He, 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 he thriller, can do
0: thriller, yes. So, just add a bit of uh, haunting horror. going on. <laughs> not go la, haunting lah. Hmm. I don't expect, like, a conjuring kind of horror, but maybe more of a haunting kind but of horror. A, a time-traveling ghost? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Oh, because maybe. if you watch, um hunting uh, on the Hill House yeah. is actually somewhat a time-travel haunting. Oh, mm. okay. Like the character is haunting herself in the past. If you watch okay. the show. Oh, shit. Big spoiler there. <laughs>
1: Holy shit. I think we should add like, a spoiler disclaimer. But it's too late now. We spoiled yeah. the whole tenet already. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will add online All later. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. I get you. I get what you mean. So, yeah. I think yeah, probably could work. Horror could work. Rock comedy would work. I'm not sure about romance. Musical. Uh no, I don't know. I don't know. How <laughs> and I, I Nolan and musicals are like nah. the greatest showman too Man. by Christopher Nolan. Oh no,
0: oh. no. <laughs> Starring Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Prestige. But 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 the reverse Hugh Jackman is Ryan Reynolds. Oh no, <laughs> that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm trolling already. <laughs> <laughs> like, moving uh, in linear time will be sure German and Ryan Reynolds, but then with their, in moving backwards in time, they will flip their world. Oh my god. And my that will be the goodness. most confusing thing ever. People gotta walk
1: out of the theatres like that. But yeah, i like to see him do something different. Uh, maybe fantasy, who knows, you know? Fantasy? Yeah. Yeah. be I mean, interesting to see how he tackles fantasy. Maybe. I mean, time travel is a relatively scientific concept, yeah. but it can apply to fantasy too, you'll yeah. see. I like to see him do like a Sherlock Holmes movie, like an old-fashioned one. I think that's perfectly like fine like, because if it was teenage How to the basketballs yeah. or something,
0: that could work yeah. mm. that, That'd be fine Or Jack the Ripper I Maybe mean, he do a teenage drama show uh, I, I, don't, I don't know I don't know about that one <laughs> I mean he can just do like a Groundhog time loop thing But with a teenage drama Might well, have uh... to do a kids movie with time travel <laughs> Animation lah <that. laughs> <laughs> la. From a movie with no CGI shots To a full animation Oh no <laughs> Then what, Roger Rabbit, oh my goodness. Yeah. Why not? Space Gen 2 is coming out, so why not? Too vastly, how did we go from Nolan you to Space You know what? Mighty Ducks. Oh no. Holy shit. If Nolan does a Mighty Ducks movie, a sports movie. I would love it. I, I don't know how that's gonna turn mm-hmm. out. I, I have no idea how. <laughs> <Perhaps laughs> I'm <absolutely laughs> just, just that. throwing the ducks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, Nolan doing Mighty Ducks. Oh. Wow that will be the day. That will be the day. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that's what we had to talk about. Uh, Nolan and Tennant Unless you have anything else you want to
1: uh, no, I'm pretty much okay uh, with Tenet at this point. I know we we've already said what we need to say and made our peace. So <laughs> yeah. Just hoping the next Nolan film will be a lot better.
0: Though. Four years wait, minimum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four years to wait, not to the movie, but just for the trailer to come out. <laughs> we'll probably have to wait another year for, for the, the whole movie. marketing train to uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that disgruntled sigh for me uh, <laughs> is probably the best way <laughs> I can. Uh, very disappointed with Tenet lah. Okay, so uh, this is our one last thing for this episode, where we just share something. Anything, food, uh, the sky, the colour mm-hmm. of the sun. A movie, a show, whatever, a song, uh, and yeah, we do this every episode, and yeah, you going to go first? Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna do. Okay, it's actually both a book and a
1: movie, but because both of them are so loyal to one another, it's very really hard to distinguish what one. So the content is actually uh, silence. Mm. by Shusaku Endo. First, it was a novel, mm-hmm. and then it became two movies. The first one was a Japanese movie in 1971, and the second, more faithful adaptation, was in 2016 by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. the one that you talked yeah. about. And to my money, that is the best film of 2016, and the novel is equally as masterful. Mm-hmm. So the whole the story basically revolves around this, uh, I believe, Jesuit Catholic priest uh, who is trying to solve the disappearance of his mentor, his and his colleagues' mentor uh, who went to Japan trying to spread the word of God in, uh, let's say, 1600s, 1700s and then he just disappeared off the face of the earth. So as he goes there, he realizes there is a big cultural and social political clash between them trying to sow the seeds of their religion against a land where they already have their own set of ideals and beliefs. And then you get this very intellectual, spiritual debate between you know, who's right and who's wrong, and what right you have to give to, what right do you have to actually uh, spread your own beliefs against a land where they're already set firm on uh, their own beliefs. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like, it's very controversial, but it is treated in a very respectful and respectful manner which allows room for conversation.
0: I have never watched this movie, Mm -hmm. but I have watched Scorsese's Masterclass. Mm-hmm. And he spoke about it before about approaching controversial subjects and just listen to him talk about the movie silence right mm-hmm. you could tell that he himself as a Christian he approached the movie in a very he explored his own faith and his own belief of his religion and it's just amazing like yeah. just listen listening to Scorsese talk and break it down about this movie how he he tried to ask questions that, some people just don't even dare to ask. It was pretty interesting.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, you could definitely see that his passion, his mm. heart and soul poured into this thing more so than any movie that he's made in the past in the past decade, including The Irishman.
0: And I think it's worth mentioning the cast. Oh yeah, great cast. Great cast. Uh,
1: Andrew Garfield again, his uh, second, <laughs> already a good road year for him because of Hexor Ridge and he stars in this masterpiece which is often overlooked. And then there's Adam Driver, Kylo Ren himself. Mm. And Missing uh, Priest played by Liam Neeson, in Kwan Jin. Kwan Jin. Uh, No joke is one of his best performances. Like uh, in terms of his entire filmography, people think, oh, he's like Brian Mills, you know, kick ass in the Taken movies. No, this is a very different Liam Neeson. The, the Liam Neeson we used to love, the acting legend Liam Neeson. <laughs> but yeah, the whole movie, uh, it puts you on edge on a spiritual way. It puts you in a situation where you think. Can I do that? Am I willing to do that for God? Am I willing to uh, not just stick to my own beliefs, am I willing to forgo my beliefs in favor of another? Or am I willing to hide it so much until I cannot bear that pain of uh, spiritual torture anymore? So it's a very difficult film uh, for some people to watch. It's a very tough film. It raises a lot of questions. It also raises a lot of uh, self-discovery it may induce some self-discovery in a, in a lot of people. So so I really believe this is one of the few movies that may actually help influence uh, certain life decisions. Yeah. In a way, it also helps add empathy towards other people with different beliefs, and then you can understand, okay, so this is where he's coming from, you know? You don't necessarily agree with that person. You see it from their point of view. Different
0: perspective. Yeah, a different perspective. And then
1: you we realize that some things they just can't be changed. It's really good
0: because Mm. when it comes to religion and something as sensitive as that, Mm. it's it's very easy for us to just believe in our own beliefs, Mm. and that's fine. Yeah. And it's also really difficult to be able to um, put yourself into another believe and see it from how they see it and to understand and to accept how they see it. I think in this world, like you said, empathy, understanding, if anything that can uh, add to that, it's great. It's just a great effort, yeah. So I definitely recommend it. It's actually
1: one of the very few movies that I give a perfect score. Because Again, uh, the title and who? Silence. The title of the book and the movie, Silence. The book is by Shusaku Endo. The, the good film adaptation, the American film adaptation, is by Martin Scorsese.
0: <laughs> my, other, my one last thing will be on the opposite side of the spectrum, not so introspective. That, that's really great. I think it's one of the best one last thing I've ever heard in, uh, so far <laughs> in a very few that we've done. So, for my one last thing, it will be a movie called Sorry to Bother You. The director is Boots ah. Riley. It's his first movie oh yeah yeah so <laughs> i thought about this because we talked about tenet and nolan about movies that shouldn't be spoiled and blocked with mm-hmm. uh, this is a movie that is that falls right under this category do not watch any trailers for this it's called sorry to bother you again Good. it's a crazy fucking show uh, <laughs> the less you know the better yes. because it will hit you from the left and the right when you don't even expect just, it, just browse the posters. Do not see the trailers. Yes, <laughs> yes. don't read about it. Yeah. and it's really hard to sell. This is one movie that I'm going to talk about when we do the episode about recommending movies mm. that has plot twists. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, this movie is it's like Get Out, um, where they explore uh, racial themes, mm-hmm. racism, black and white, but through horror. Where else? Sorry to bother you. They explore something else in a very quirky, cynical, out there, way. cynical way. <laughs> and what do they explore? This is why I say don't Google it, don't watch the trailers, because part of you as an audience trying to understand what the heck they're trying to talk about in that show is is three quarters the fun of it. Lah. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, I'll put it in a different perspective.
1: I saw this movie in, in your space, in Arminic space. I went in cold.
0: And when I got out, I just turned to Joey and I just said a flat, what? It's great. Uh, If you want a wow movie, a movie that you might have to watch two times to understand, that's it lah. Sorry to bother you. Oh yeah, man. (laughs) Damn good stuff. So uh, that's uh, my one last thing. And thank you for listening again. Tell us what you feel about Tenet. And yeah. Ciao. Bye. Bye.